Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 12.35 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you in Scottsdale, Arizona. The Oilers and the Coyotes tomorrow. This is an important stretch for the hockey club getting Calgary, San Jose, Calgary, and Arizona in the first four games coming out of a long uh, bye. Winners with five out of a possible six points so far, and Arizona's struggling a bit, but uh, they got a good team. Uh, we're going to bring John Shannon in momentarily. I do want to bang off some texts on our Ashley Fine Fl- uh, Floors text line. This text uh, comes in from Don in Whitecourt. Bob, that was a feel-good moment. Best game in the last 25 years, maybe more. It's nice when Riddick does the stick flip to get that retribution that quickly. I say this makes the team much closer uh, and better moving forward. And Reseto out of Nelson, B.C. Bob, I made the trek from Nelson to see the BOA on Saturday. Doesn't get much better than that. Unreal. I agree. Yamamoto was the best player out there. Drysaddle is ridiculously skilled live, too. Serge in Bonneville says, Bob, longtime Oilers fan since 88 when I was 10. Saturday night's game was the most epic game since the Kings game you mentioned back in 1990. We are going places this year. I can feel it. Let's go. Again, Keep texting us. I'm going to bang off a bunch of these during the course of the show. We'll have a little bit of open line time as well. John Shannon joins us right now, our NHL insider. Hello, John. Hey, Bob. How are you? Good. As a guy who worked for the NHL, and we talked about the fact that you produced all those great Battle of Alberta games back in the 1980s, what does a pair of games like the one that we saw Wednesday and again the one that we saw on Saturday night, what does that, uh, does it put the Battle of Alberta back on the map as being a relevant matchup? Oh, I mean, I, I, listen, I, I think what we saw Wednesday and Saturday were symptoms of the the uh, the battle being back and, and in full form simply because both teams are competitive. I think that that's, that's as, as important as anything else. When you have these two teams along with what the Canucks have done and, and, and uh, the Pacific Division now being topped off by the three Canadian teams, uh, what, the games have to, be, have to be relevant to be part of the battle. And let's face it, both games are relevant. Both games are emotional. Both games got edgy, some more than others. Uh, so I, I think that the, what we saw both nights and, and, and I guess Saturday when you think about an 8-3 victory, uh, then that battle is back in, in proportion, and I do think that people across the league are paying, paying attention to it. Well, uh, there's, you know, there's some perceptions, John, uh, when it comes to this sort of stuff, and for me it's always how the smaller players compete. And I look to begin with, with a guy like Yamamoto, who kind of got the whole thing started for me. I mean, he was tremendous on Saturday night. Well, I mean, let's face it, this is just a continuation and growth of a guy who, since his recall, has 
in many ways change the chemistry of the hockey club. And that's not to say that Connor and Leon don't change the chemistry every day, but the fact that Dave Tippett, and we've, how many times do you talk about it? Dave Tippett had confidence now, has confidence now in two lines. Uh, he, he, he changed the dynamics in so many ways. You know, and, and, you know, you, on Saturday, you can't underestimate the, you know, the, uh, the fact of scoring quickly and, and multiple times early in a game to just change the whole chemistry of what was going on. And the fact that the Flames had to play catch up from the first minute of the game. Boy, does that change people's outlook. To me, that was, that was as good as you're going to see. Uh, when you talk about a team effort, uh, there are other games that I, I've liked that are three to two, um, and and uh, but when you think of eight three and that game having the personality that it did, you can see why the texts that are coming in, people are saying it was one of the great games they've ever seen because it was fun to watch. It had everything. It tells you the importance of emotion and physical play after the whistle, and it tells you what people think of. I dread, dare I say fighting in the game of hockey. Dan in Okotoks, John, says a salute to our little guys. Yamo is getting a lot of the deserved love, but Gagne was great in both Calgary games. Ethan Bear would have finished off uh, Kachuk if anyone still wanted to fight. The goalie fight stopped the show, but he was doing great in that <laughs> scrap. Uh, it was gr- uh, truly a great team effort, and our little guys showed up and set the tone. And and that's, I mean, even Gaetan Haas at the end of the game, John, after he got cleaved to the ice, I mean, he took a couple shots and got back into it there, uh, and he was in a prone position to start. And I do think that's part of it. Like, we'll get to sort of the unique position that a guy like Lucic is in. You mentioned the fighting. Uh, we all know people don't turn the channel when there's a fight on. They watch the fight. But it was culminated with the first goaltender fight in seven years, and John, I mean, it had it all, right? Because Talbot used to be an Oilers, Smith used to be a Flame, and who knew that uh, Mike Smith's probably the second or third toughest Oiler on the entire team? Well, I think if you know Mike Smith's history, you have to respect that, and, and uh, you've been in the, in the room, Bob, I think you realize how big this guy is. You know, and I know Cam's a big guy, too. Cam, you know, Cam's wiry. Mike Smith isn't wiry. Mike Smith is just big, and I think that when when you have him, you know, standing at center ice uh, with with his Ken Dryden pose, just watching and watching and just almost saying, "Okay, when you want to come down, come on down. When you want to come down, we'll figure this out and have a good time." Uh, to me, that was. Uh, that was as good a drama. And by the way, you got to give the, the guys at, uh, at Hockey Night for cutting it so well because they saw they saw uh, uh, Smith come to center ice long before anybody else did, and it was a fantastic drama to watch uh, unfold. If again, you know what? I I I'm not one of those guys that goes out and advocates fighting, but when it's organic like you saw on Saturday night, and it's emotional. You know me. I like I like emotion. I like grit. Uh, so uh, I was as invested in the game Saturday night at near the end of the second period as anyone. Our NHL insider, John Shannon. John, how about the moment where Darnell Nurse is pointed at Mike Smith saying, go fight him. You're involved in this, Cam. <laughs> go fight him. That was pretty funny to me. <laughs> Well, you know, the the fact that ever you know, the, and you touched on it, the fact that, you know, that there was a little bit more of, 
of uh, the Edmonton guys knowing who and what Cam Talbot's all about and Mike Smith, and they now know what he's he's all about. That was just another dynamic in the game. Uh, the Calgary fan base all over uh, Milan Lucic, kind of a tough situation for him, don't you think? I do. I, I, I do. I, I, I think that, you know, the, you know, Brett for living made a trade uh, thought he was uh, he was getting rid of his troublesome child or another troublesome child, but you know his guy was going to be tougher. And, and they walked, they skated out of that Colorado series last year, saying we've got to be tougher, and that was that's what Milan was supposed to do. Now it's only February, uh, and uh, you know I do suspect the Flames will make the playoffs, as I suspect the Oilers will now too. Uh, and it's that toughness in the first round of the playoffs that we're going to need to be talking about. So maybe this is a shot across Milan's bow that, you know, you, you're, you're going to you're gonna have to play the game and you're going to have to do your job. Uh, but if you're sitting on the bench, um, that's one issue. Uh, but if you can be involved and be involved on the ice, then you, you know your role and you have to play it a certain way. Yeah, and, you know, there's a comfort level there, obviously. I mean, he was an Oiler player for three years. The whole thing, the the, the theater around it was just, you know, it, it made for, uh, you know, it was unbelievable. By the way, I didn't mention this in the first half hour with Sean John. There were a lot of Oilers fans there. I would say there's 1,500 to 2,000 Oilers fans at that game, and they were loud. Like two goals in, you know, the Oilers scoring on the first two shifts. They were on. Yeah. It, it, those Oilers fans were the ones on David Riddick. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's hey, listen, that's you know, fans travel now. That's the one thing I think Bob twenty years ago that we never contemplated. You know, when you talk about the battle, there would be a pocket full of Flame fans in Edmonton, a pocket full of Oiler fans in Calgary. Now everybody travels, and it's not just it's not just the Calgary. And tomorrow night in Scott, in Glendale, how many Oiler fans do you think you're going to see? I think you're, you're, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna see uh, upwards of fifteen hundred to two thousand in Scott and in Glendale. That to me is uh, it, it's it's like what's happened in the NFL, Bob. It's it, it's happened it happened with the Blue Jays uh, a lot when when guys make travel arrangements and holidays around events and NHL NHL players and NHL fans travel well now too. Yeah, and it made for a kicker of a time. Now, obviously, what's not lost on you, John, is, all right, It's well, we had all the tough stuff, we had the fun stuff, we had the theater. Oh, by the way, that might have been Edmonton's most complete game of the season on the second of a back-to-back. I mean, they had 24 shots on goal. Talbot played great when he went in for Calgary. He was robbing the orders left and right. But to, to beat St. Louis in a game in which the Blues rallied, and to win that game and then follow it up with a convincing victory. Five out of a possible six points coming out of the break. Is Dave Tippett building something with this team, John? No, oh, no question. No question. And, and you know, the, the, let's face it, the players, all the players in the National Hockey League are the, the 1% of the 1% who play the game. And the difference between the greatest players and the players that we view as journeymen and fourth liners isn't very isn't very uh, different anymore. That, that's that's the reality. And so what you're getting when you get confidence and when you get teamwork and you get the understanding of what your role is on a team and here we are, what, what is it, 50, 50 or 62 games in or whatever it is, uh, I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what you get. 
Uh, and we're seeing guys like Archibald make a difference now. Shane makes a difference now. You talked about uh, Hawks doing what he has to do. The role players, there's never been a doubt that the superstars are going to contribute. Now the role players can contribute and, and know that they're going to be rewarded for, for contributing. That, that's all the difference, and that's what every team and every player needs. That's why hockey is so much different than any other sport, Bob, is the emotion and the confidence that even the, the, the second, third, and fourth liners have changes the chemistry of a hockey club. Yeah, well, I mean, and also, I mean, look, the best players, but David and Settle for Edmonton on second lines. That's been a big change for Edmonton during this 8-1-2 stretch, but they only play 22 minutes each a game. So everybody else has got to contribute in that role. John, well, I want to switch and that, focus. And what a blessing, what a, what a, what a blessing, what a blessing in, 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 in late February, all of March will be if this team continues to roll and Connor and Leon are only playing 22 minutes rather than 27. Well, I'll I mean, take we that always talk about sure. goalies getting rest. We talk about goalies getting rest. Stars getting rest at the appropriate time will only benefit the team when it comes to April. Uh, Winners, by the way, John, with uh, 32 games over a 63-game stretch. They're now in the midst of that. All right, switching focus. You know TV as well as anybody that we have on our show. The Super Bowl. What did you think of the overall production? I thought it was fine. I mean, it didn't bother me. I thought Troy Aikman talked every once in a while a bit too many times. I think, mind you, uh, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm an already in North America. I think I'm a Joe Buck fan. Um, but uh, I, I thought it was fine. It, 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 there's nothing that upset me uh, too much. I thought their replay sequences are fine. I thought their close-ups are fine. I thought their storylines are fine. Although I didn't think they concentrated enough on Kyle Shanahan being outcoached in the fourth quarter. Um, but at the same time, it didn't bother me. I sat and enjoyed every moment of it and, and, uh, and uh, was disappointed that the Niners did what they did. But I thought it was a good show overall. Halftime show, your thoughts. <laughs> well, well, when you have a 42-year-old woman and a 50-year-old woman doing what they do, you can just sit and marvel and enjoy it. That's all I can say. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, my wife's like I, because uh, Shakira is with the soccer player from uh, Barcelona, right? PK. He's been the uh, one of the defenders for the the Spain. I, I believe actually he's now with Catalonia's team, but uh, was a Spanish defender. Uh, ironically, he was a big part of their defense when they won the uh, World Cup in 2010 and 2012. Side by side, a guy he just hates, at least in league play, from Real Madrid. That's Ramos. So you have PK that's with Shakira. They're not. They're whatever. They're, they've been together a number of years, and then J Lo's with yep. A Rod. So my wife's yep. like, well, I'm. I've got to tell you, I got to tip my hat to Shakira. That's all my wife had to say. So, uh, yeah, they they were pretty. Now, it's ironic. I don't know if uh, you, you'd seen my tweet beforehand, but I saw yours after. You and me both have a pet peeve about how the NFL well, works. John, why do they give injured. the trophy? Why do they give the trophy to the owner? Because they pay all the bills. I've been on Twitter for oh. ten years. I do it every year. I tweet at the same thing every year to the point where I thought, I'm going to stop doing it. And then I just can't help it. I just can't help it. That is the consistent tweet I have every February is, please give it to the Warriors. Give it to the guys who deserve it. Now, everybody can say, well, they get their rings and the owners pay the bills. I don't care. I do not care. And I think a guy like John Lynch, who's the manager in San Francisco, 
uh, you know, and the guys, and, and, and I don't, I think the Hunt family would be more than happy to have the players get all the rewards and the credit on, on the field. To me, it's a joke. It truly is. Hey, the best moment for me, and maybe it's a little bit Edmonton centric, but the order, you know, the St. Louis Blues, the orders, <laughs> the St. Louis Blues win the Stanley Cup last year, John. Alex Petrangelo yeah. gets the Stanley Cup. Everybody goes nuts, and the first guy he hands it to is Jay Bomeister, who's been in the league for 16 years. That's sure. what it's about. That's what it's yeah. about, man. Yeah. Hey, well, by the way. Both the Stanley Cup and the, and the Vince Lombardi Trophy are in the state of Missouri. That to me, that's uh, now. Does that's, the president that's know that? Think about this. But no, yeah, the, the president's president. still trying to fight. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. But, hey, uh, can I uh, can I in on a bit of a can I in on a bit of a song? Bob, do you mind? Uh, go ahead, sure. So uh, I, I've been, as you would know, I've been involved in a few events uh, in Edmonton the last few years. Uh, the closing of Rexall. Uh, the Oilers' uh, greatest uh, team, the 85 team, the greatest team in NHL history. Uh, and yep. both events, uh, all the orchestration, all the music was uh, designed and created and produced by a guy named George Bodenheim, who was a legend in Edmonton. Uh, well, George passed away on the weekend, and uh, he's got a lot of friends uh, in the city, a lot of friends uh, around the world in the, uh, in the uh, world of music. I saw that Tom Cochran, you know, that... Uh, that George is going to be missed. So uh, to everybody who knew George, who appreciated George, who loved what George did, uh, this is uh, this is a sad day because George Bolton will, will certainly uh, be missed. John, great stuff. Thanks for that. We'll talk on Wednesday. Yes, sir. All right, that is uh, John Shannon. It is 12.52 at Edmonton. We will take a timeout. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Jajar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. It's 1254 in Edmonton, Bob Stoffer uh, in Arizona. The Oilers practicing today, uh, not in Glendale, but in Scottsdale. Uh, tomorrow night in Glendale, they'll take on the Coyotes, who've won just one of their last nine games. John Shannon was our Oilers Now headliner, brought to you by Touchback Safety. Your safety's their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. Guests on this show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers Now sent you. Kevin Robertson's coming up today at uh, 1 o'clock with a global news weather traffic update. Uh, we're going to get to a couple texts, but not before I tell you that you have an opportunity to join us in Chicago. See the orders, play the Blackhawks. This package includes great lower bowl game tickets, a welcome reception with yours truly, and special guests plus tours of Wrigley and Soldier Fields. For the orders now, Chicago road trip, reach out to New West Travel at 780-432-7446 or newwesttravel.com. All right, you can text us at 780-496-0063 on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, best ever uh, regarding the Stanley Cup was Joe Sackick handling uh, the cup to Ray Bork without ever raising it himself. You're right. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good point. <laughs> Uh, 
Scott in Calgary. Bob, I was at the game Saturday and got the pleasure of shaking the great Jack Michael's hand before the game and wishing him a great call. The most intense game I can recall ever seeing. Yamamoto's completely off the charts. Gagne's line pressure deep, and I appreciated the join at Geo and Riddick. Way to go, Bear and Smith. Uh, Bob, what happened to the Coyotes? I thought that Taylor Hall would help them huge. Well, last couple of games I've seen Arizona play, Hall's been their best player. Darcy Kemper got hurt. That is what happened uh, to the Coyotes. Oilers GM Texas show. Bob, that was the most satisfying game I've seen in a long time. Riddick getting pulled and absolutely chirped on the way to bench was amazing. The Oilers took them to the woodshed and beat their morale. The Flames were simply humiliated in their own house. That one comes to us from Oilers GM. We'll keep going down this path. We're actually going to open up the phone lines on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063, just after uh, we get to NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing at 105. Kevin Robertson up next with a global news weather traffic update. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.